This podcast is a love letter to my VAs, OBMs, and PMs out there. I see you. You started your business for the freedom. You started your business for your family. You started your business for a million other reasons that only you know. But you're stuck and you're struggling. Well, no more. Get ready to move. Get ready to grow and learn together. We're here to work through the tech, work through the growing pains, and work towards a business that you can fall in love with over and over again. See that woman over there who's running it like a boss? Let's go ask her how she did that. Well, hello, hello there. We are back with another episode uh, this December, and I am joined by my lovely co-host, Jay Ray. Thanks for being here again. Hi, thank you for having me as always. Absolutely. So we're spending all this month co-hosting the How She Did That podcast together and kind of talking our way through 2020 and into 2021 uh, just to help people in terms of how we create our plans and how we do things basically at the Launch Guild. So uh, if you haven't listened to the last two weeks worth of episodes, I would definitely suggest you guys listen to those. That's all around our debrief of 2020, both the good, the bad, and kind of the ugly. (laughs) And now we are going to do or take some questions that some people have asked us in either DMs or on Facebook or via email. It's going to be a Q&A, ask us anything kind of episode. And this is in no particular order. Literally, I just copied and pasted the questions and put them in a Google Doc. So yeah, we'll see what happens. (laughs) You ready to dive in? (laughs) I'm so ready. Let's do it. (laughs) Here we go. Question number one. We get this question a lot. And the question is, what does a day in the life of Jay LeRae look like? Okay. First of all, this question makes me laugh because... (laughs) Every day is slightly different. (laughs) And it also has to do with if we are in between launches or in active launches. But I do have a few buckets of tasks every single day, no matter what is going on. And those buckets are having to do with lead management, whether that is new leads coming in to our website, et cetera, or former clients who are needing to upgrade their package or return to us in some way. That's one of my daily buckets. A second bucket has to do with client onboarding or offboarding, but mostly onboarding because <laughs> that takes quite some time, y'all. It takes I think some we time. have like 52 subtasks in our onboarding workflow. Yes. <laughs> Yes, we do. And I get amazing assistance from my operations assistant, Archie, to help me manage that process. But it's very communication heavy. It takes a lot of coordination between me and the client before the team ever meets the client. Um, So that can take up a lot of time from a day-to-day basis. And the third bucket really has to do with... I don't want to say this because (laughs) um, it has to do with inbox management, to be honest, because like my inbox is a little crazy at times and I have to go through my inbox to determine what is a priority for today and what is something that can wait another 24 hours. 
And I have a bad habit of attaching emergency to every single little thing. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I can get really stuck inside of my inbox because within every email, there is a hidden task or three hidden tasks or something that needs to be handled, some sort of communication that needs to be put out. So those are kind of the buckets that I handle Mm -hmm. day to day. But then when we are in launch mode, I feel like all of that gets thrown out the window. There's, <laughs> there's no structure. There's no routine. It's just like complete those things when you can, because there are usually um, fires to be put out or support that our leadership team needs uh, from me in order to execute on their job and on their role in another client's launch. And there's usually some sort of like tactical issue happening that we need to work through. And those are always going to take precedence over if this person heard back from me within a 24-hour period or not Mm -hmm. in my inbox. (laughs) So um, a reordering of priorities definitely happens depending on the time period that we're in. I love that. Yeah. I get that question all the time with like, for me, like, what does your day look like? And I'm like, I don't know. Is it a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or a Friday? (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) because every day is literally different. And I love that. I think that that really works for both of our personalities. I don't think that we would do as well uh, if our environments weren't as fast paced as they are. And we kind of just have grown to or really like kind of enjoy, you know, the chaotic nature that is sometimes working inside of a launch agency. (laughs) Absolutely. And I would say that like Monday is probably the busiest day of the week for me because it's tying up those loose ends that didn't happen on Friday Mm -hmm. in addition to all of the workload that a Monday brings. So we're recording this episode on a Monday and (laughs) I'm currently thinking about all of the things (laughs) All of the things. I need to get done, but here we are. So (laughs) here we are. Okay. So we are going to head into number two. And this was a great question. Uh, the, The person asked, besides money metrics and other KPIs, KPIs are key performance indicators. Are there any other non number factors that you use to plan ahead? So we're going to dive more into this next week's episode when we talk about how we plan 2021. But I'll give you a little taste in saying that we, before we even dive into like what we want our numbers to be or what our revenue goal is, we talk about our feelings goals. And I know that that may be like a little like woo woo, (laughs) but you know, I'm all about the balance piece of it. And I really believe, I firmly believe that if you create a billion dollar business, but you hate every second of it, that's like, what's the point, right? And so we really want to honor that with the, in the launch guild and in what we're doing in our own business and how we are moving our business forward, making sure that, you know, it's not just about the bottom line, which is important. Money is important, but it's even more so about how are we wanting to make sure that we're walking into that new bottom line in a way that feels really good and aligned for not just me, but the entire team. Would you agree with that, Jayla Ray? Absolutely. And <laughs> You'll hear in that episode that our feelings-based goals for 2021 are in direct opposition to how we felt in 2020. So <laughs> <Yeah>. we, <laughs> we use past experiences yeah. to inform future feelings. You right. Guys. 
But I mean, we're always doing that. And I want to like, I don't think, yes, there were a lot of, lot of feeling schools that we were like, okay, we felt overwhelmed. We don't want to feel overwhelmed, but we didn't throw like the entire thing away. And I think it's always a matter of going back to what worked well, what didn't work well, you know, what felt good, what didn't feel good. And then creating your next set of goals around that. Yeah. Okay. Top three objectives from this year versus last year and how the need uh, for shift accelerated this growth, how the need for shift because of COVID-19 accelerated this growth. Ooh, top three objectives from this year. Uh, So we talked about that in last week's or the last two episodes, basically, that one of our goals was definitely our financial goal of hitting half a million dollars for this year, which we did. Um, definitely the the goal of our impact goal of 300 uh, women, impacting lives of 300 women, which we also did. I think definitely one of my personal goals was really stepping even more so into that leadership and CEO role, uh, which I definitely felt like we did. And I'm trying to think of like, I don't even know. I don't even remember objectives from like 2019. It feels like a decade ago. <laughs> I think one of the reasons where it's not coming to mind is because they weren't, they weren't super clear. Mm. Um, I think me, me stepping into the director of operations role really forced each of us to get clearer and clearer mm-hmm. on what our objective, our objectives needed to be and what we wanted them to be and somewhere somewhere in the middle between those two. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the longer we are a company, the clearer our objectives become, um, which I don't think is, you know, is out of the ordinary. It's really hard to create these really clear goals when you don't have any data to back it. And that's often the way that it is when you're a first or even second or third year business, right? You're just kind of feeling yourself out. You're feeling your way through. You're throwing a bunch of things at the wall and seeing what sticks. And then after you start getting the data in, both the hard data and also like the soft feelings kind of data, then you can create, you know, more clarity around that. And I think that that is where we are, we're at now. We're starting to get into that, like, you know, four or five year mark, which I've, I always heard from people, like once you're, it starts feeling like you're in a groove in five years. And I'm starting to feel that like (laughs) just a little bit every once in a while. I'm like, Oh, this is what they were talking about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, In everything that you just said, it, it came to mind. I feel like 2019 for me, because I hadn't really stepped into the director role yet. I mean, we knew that I was moving toward that, but I wasn't mm-hmm. there yet. 2019 for me was like keeping you alive. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then 2020 was like keeping the launch guild alive. It's not yeah. just about one person and the CEO anymore because I don't know if people realize this, but like I was Tasha's executive assistant. We weren't calling me that. <laughs> no. <laughs> but that's what I was. And yeah. I was managing her calendar and her inbox and all of her relationships um, with this huge spider web of people, which is like completely amazing. I couldn't have any other objectives or goals because keeping you alive was I like know. <laughs> it was so, a full-time job, even though you weren't full-time yet. <laughs> it absolutely, it absolutely was. So I think things um, like I said, be started to become more clear in 2020 because mm-hmm. we we had a division at that point um, yeah. at the beginning of this year. So love it. 
Okay, next, employees or contractors, what do you go for and why? So we have a mix of employees and contractors on the Launch Guild team. Um, And when, I think like most businesses, when I first started, I hired contractors because it just felt less scary and it also felt like not as big of a commitment. So when you're not sure, you know, if one week you need somebody for two hours and then the next week you need them for five or 10, it just felt easier to have contractors on the team and everything. We are actually, so now we have two full-time employees, Jayla Ray and Lindsay. And our goal for 2021 is to move our team mostly towards employees and fewer contractors. And the reason for that is because as we become a larger company, a more mature company, there there's definitely a need to have people that are number one, going to be here with us for the long haul. And number two, that we can count on and depend on to be a certain place at a certain time, which you can't do that with contractors. So just check the, I'm not going to go into like the whole legalities of it and how HR works and everything, but with contractors, you can give them like due dates for things, but you can't say, Hey, you have to be available nine to five, you know, every single day, Eastern time or whatever the case may be. And we're just finding a larger need for that as we're becoming a bigger team and, you know, a a more cohesive team. Um, And I think that it's, it's not nearly as scary as I, as I thought it would be. I, we've talked about this before, uh, Ray, but when, when Jayla went full-time, like the first month, I would like message her every Friday, which is when we get paid and be like, did your paycheck go through? Like, did you get paid? And like, there was always like way more, <laughs> way more money available than like her paycheck. But like, I just felt like this really big and heavy weight of having an employee and having that responsibility. And it was a little, like, I think I messaged Lindsay the first two weeks just to make sure. And then I was like, okay, it's good. We're good. She's good. We're Um, releasing this Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's gotten easier, but at the same time, it does feel like a bigger commitment and responsibility to have employees. Yeah. And as being one of those employees, (laughs) (laughs) I would say that um, when we brought Lindsay on as the second time, as the second full-time employee in this business, that was when things really started to change for me too, Mm -hmm. because I didn't think I was going to be the only one, but once we had the second one, I was like, this is even more real, like the the growth path for this and to actually convert to employees versus just subcontractors is real. This is happening. This is, (laughs) this is a thing. This is a thing. It's a real thing. It's not just something we talked about. It's actually happening. It's being implemented. Um, So I'm just so excited to see what happens next year and who we are able to take full-time next year. I'm thinking it's going to be more people than we are dreaming about right now. I know. Yeah. (laughs) I agree with you. And, and I think it's going to be great. And I think it's exactly what we need, but at the same time, like every once in a while, I get a tinge of like, just fear. (laughs) (laughs) Next question. What made you start an agency? I guess that one's for me. (laughs) So there are a few reasons why I started an agency. Uh, Number one was because I, as many of you guys know, I started out as a virtual assistant and I loved what I was doing as a VA, especially loved the tech part of what I was doing as a VA. But one of the, the problems that I, that quickly happened was that I was working with a lot of coaches and course creators and coaches and course creators need multiple people all the time. They've always got things going. They always need a new landing page or new copy 
or um, Facebook ads or whatever the case may be. And I knew that I couldn't be that jack of all trades, which is why I started building a team even before I really understood that that team was, was moving toward agency model. And the reason that I decided to build it as an agency model was because I love working with people. I'm a people person and I really enjoy uh, having a team and working within the cohesion of a team. And also I just saw that if we could come to our clients as an agency and as like basically a launch team in a box, we could support them in ways that would be absolutely impossible to do outside of that. So that's kind of the short answer in terms of why I decided on agency. Anything to add to that? I will add that when Tasha brought me on, guys, I didn't understand what an agency was. Like I thought I knew, but I... (laughs) I really didn't understand it until I was on the inside of the launch guild, which was two years ago now, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just, I think back to how little I knew and how much I know now. And it's just a huge, like, it's like night and day. Yeah. (laughs) It's just a huge difference. And it's not just in the agency model. It's like, you know, launch strategy and, and team management and all of that too. But just the idea of an agency. I just laugh at how someone, someone hired me to be a a subcontractor inside of her agency. And she, this person didn't even know what an agency really was. (laughs) I love that. Um, And it wasn't like a fake it till you make it thing. It was just, I didn't know that I didn't know that Mm -hmm. until, until I was really experiencing it and seeing it for myself. So Big learning curve there in the beginning. Learning curve. Um, this next question is, what's been your biggest learning in biz in 2020? What's been your biggest learning in biz in 2020? I think we kind of answered that last week. Um, and so if you haven't listened to last week's episode, definitely go back and listen. We talk a lot about you know the learning lessons that we had that are going to definitely inform how we walk into 2021. But anything else that came up for you since last week's episode? I don't think so. I think we were pretty real last week. <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah, it's all there. You just, yeah, just go listen. <laughs> okay, this question is a big one and I love it, but I may need to think of it. So how about, they said, what was a mistake you made that you wouldn't do again? If you could give yourself some advice a year ago, what would it be? If you knew your outcomes, what would you have doubled down on? What is your ride or die tech stack? Oh, okay. <laughs> so let's let's unpack this one. What was the mistake you made that you wouldn't do again? Let's start with that. I think a mistake that I made that I wouldn't do again is undercharging. Undercharging. Because two things happen. Maybe three things happen. (laughs) So one of the things that happens is that you get clients that aren't aligned with the value that you are giving them. So for whatever reason, a lot of times when you're undercharging, you get clients who want the sun, the moon, and the stars, and they want to pay $3.99 for it, right? And no matter what you do, even if you do give them the sun, the moon, and the stars, what's going to happen is they're still not going to be happy. They're still going to keep coming back and asking for more and more and more until you have nothing more to give. And that's going to cause you to hate your business, (laughs) which is never fun. Right. And so I think it's a matter of really looking at what is the value that you're providing? What is the expertise that you're, you're giving and what is the dollar sign that needs to be attached to, to that? I never talk about 
you know, you're attaching your pricing to your personal worth because it's not about your personal worth. You are worthy regardless, period. It is really about what are your services worth and the the value that you're bringing with the services that you're providing. So my, my number one mistake would be don't undercharge. I think, I think I'm still coming back from that and learning and it's still like mindset things that need to be, you know, peeled back and worked through, but that would be my mistake. I don't know that the word mistake really encapsulates what you just described Mm, either. I think it was just a necessary lesson that Mm -hmm. needed the space for you to learn it. And I mean, to me, mistake, just like that word mistake induces so much like shame and anxiety. And I don't think you undercharging for services should induce shame or anxiety because it was something that needed to happen in order to know the opposition of what that could feel like. And like, you have to go through some like negative stuff in order to know, you know, what it could feel like if you did it quote unquote, right, I guess, or in a better way. So (laughs) that said, (laughs) that said, I did make a mistake this year (laughs) a couple times and it had to do with not listening to my gut. Mm. And I, I'm so hard on myself (laughs) for these situations, but there were a few times that this happened this year where a seemingly little thing that I didn't listen to my gut on became a big problem later. And it just caused me to kind of go into like an overthinking, like, oh, had I approached this at the time that it first happened, it wouldn't have become such a big problem. And like, this is my fault that this became such a big problem because I didn't listen to my gut and all this stuff. But again, I think it's the same thing. Like I just needed to go through this year and I needed to have a few of those times under my belt in order to understand why it is so important to listen to your gut. Mm -hmm. And those little things where you don't ask a question and you're like, oh, that person's got it. Like, no, no, no. Ask the question. (laughs) Ask the question. Yeah. (laughs) Ask, Ask the question because they probably don't got it, you know, like, <laughs> you can't just make assumptions. Like mm-hmm. you've got to, you've got to ask the questions and you've got to get to the bottom of things, even if it feels, even if it feels uncomfortable. So I guess that would be mine from this Ooh. year. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely one. It's, I think that that's one that I've learned this year too, just to, uh, somebody the other day said to me, like, you know how to make good decisions, trust yourself. And I needed to hear that (laughs) even now. And I was like, oh, I just need to trust myself. And when something doesn't feel right, I need to trust that. And when something feels right, I need to trust that too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's the trusting myself. Okay. The next part of this was, if you could give yourself some advice a year ago, what would it be? That trust your gut. (laughs) Trust your gut. There we go. There's the lesson. (laughs) You know, I was going to say for this one, as you grow, you'll have to say no. (laughs) I hate saying no to people. I'm a people pleaser. I need everybody to like me. And I have learned that I have to sometimes say no to, you know, podcasts 
things that come up, to summits that come up, to things that I really want to say yes to, but that my schedule just doesn't allow for. And I'm not saying like, don't invite me to podcast things. Like, please, if you're listening and you have a podcast, totally invite me. (laughs) Guys, send the invites. (laughs) Send the invites. But at the same time, like one of the things that we're doing for 2021, I feel like I'm giving away next week's episode. But one of the things that we're doing is putting more parameters around like how many podcasts I say yes to monthly, like how many summits I say yes to monthly because I just realized this year that I need more breathing room next year. And so it's okay to say no and to, to say like, and ask myself also, like, is this like mutually beneficial? You know, I think that there were some times where if I was being totally honest, it wasn't beneficial to the launch guild or to me or whatever. And I wanted to say yes out of like feeling thankful for it. But at the same time, like you can be thankful and say no. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the question that's hidden underneath there is, is this deal sweet enough for me? Mm. Which is a question that I learned from um, one of my amazing coaches this year. It was just asking yourself, is this deal sweet enough for me? And if Mm. the answer is no, it's not the other person's fault that it's not sweet enough for you. It's just not aligning. It's not going to work. And, you know, maybe it's the timing, maybe it's not mutually beneficial Mm. and, it's okay. It's okay. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The next part of this question was, if you knew your outcomes, what would you have doubled down on? Ooh. Uh, (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm I'm thinking, you know, okay. I'm an insightful person. I know. Who are you? you Your outcomes. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be really honest right now and say, that when we started Agency Thrive Mind in August, I had no idea that it would fill as fast as it did. And if I knew that it was going to, I probably would have made like made it so that it could be open to more people. And we're actually, you know, figuring out ways and exploring how we do that even now. But I would have looked at that from the beginning. I thought like 10 people saying yes to like the, you know, a year-long offer, like. I'm not going to get that many people that fast. And by November it was like, and we're full until August of 2021. So I definitely would have looked at that and yeah. And doubled down on that because I'm really enjoying it. And the women inside of it are having amazing experiences and learning so much already that I just want more people to be able to, to get that and to experience that and figuring out now having to go back and figure out how to do that, you know, how to course correct on that is harder than if I had just thought about it from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hear that. Yeah. I don't know if this is really answering that particular question for me, but there were a lot of one-off smaller projects this year with clients and I think they gave they gave a boost in revenue, they gave a boost in our network, they gave a boost in like a couple other ways. But had I known that getting to the end of those projects did not reap as many benefits and rewards as just supporting launch clients, Mm -hmm. I probably would have told you and Brianna, no, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) more often Mm -hmm. (laughs) for those types of clients had I known what I know now. Yeah. Um, And like I said, they, they boosted us in a lot of ways, but the outcome just what is it now? I couldn't right. even define it for those people. And I don't even know if those people are going to come back in our orbit at all. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know if they are talking about the launch guild in their orbit. Like it just doesn't, it just kind of felt a little bit meaningless to yeah. me, I guess. So 
Yeah. I think we definitely learned a lot this year about like, what is our genius work and how do we stay within our genius work and say no to the other things? Once again, it's that whole, like, it's okay to say no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But in those cases, that would have been me telling you and Brianna, no. I know. And I really, I know I really needed to, (laughs) I needed to learn how to do that this year, y'all. Cause I don't know if you know this, but it's kind of hard to say it's kind of hard to say no to very like future oriented, positive, like <laughs> positive people because they're just like, yes, yes, yes. And then you feel kind of like a Debbie Downer when you're like, actually, no, guys, <laughs> like, is this a good idea? Is this- <laughs> I don't know if it is. <laughs> so. Okay. The last part of this question is what is your ride or die tech stack? So <laughs> We're going to put a little asterisk in the in the front of this one and say that we use Kartra for the Tasha Booth side of things. So the courses and the coaching side of things, we use Kartra. And my website is on Squarespace, but that's, that's changing a little bit in 2021, as you'll find out later. Uh, what else do we use? We use Moon Clerk, which is something we absolutely love. If you want to Go and look at everything that we use. You can go to TashaBooth.com forward slash resources. And it gives you an outline of like everything that we use in our business, everything that we recommend and use for for courses and for all the things. The reason that I put an asterisk in uh, for Kartra is because they have been a little problematic when it comes to speaking out about Black Lives Matter um, and when it comes to standing up for racial inequality and those sorts of things. And so we're actually going to be looking in the new year about like, do we want to stay with them? Is this a company that we want to align ourselves with still? do we need to leave and go find something else? So stay tuned for that. I will let you know as we update things. But right now we we use Kartra and I do love it as an all-in-one. I feel like when you compare Kartra to Kajabi, it really is a much better, more inclusive all-in-one in in terms of like what it actually offers and does. Um, However, I also don't want that to be the only, you know, deciding factor in terms of whether we stay or go. Yeah. 100%. 100%. That's been a, that's been an it's ongoing been, conversation. You can't just, you can't just up and migrate in the middle no. of like 50 client launches for your own systems. It's been a conversation. Yeah. It's a conversation. It's been a conversation. It will continue to be a conversation and we'll see. We'll get back to the episode in a second, but I wanted to ask you a question. Are you a VA, OBM or PM who's been in business for a while and now you're ready to kick things up a notch? If that's you, then I'd love to invite you to apply for a spot in my three-month one-on-one and group program, Booked and Balanced. This program and community is exactly the accountability, mentorship, and action-oriented something that you've been looking for. Head to TashaBooth.com forward slash booked to apply now for Booked and Balanced. You'll get the benefit of one-on-one coaching without the one-on-one price tag, plus a group of like-minded women supporting and encouraging you as you grow your business to new heights. Space is limited to just 20 women, so apply now for a spot in our next cohort starting soon. That's TashaBooth.com forward slash booked. At what point did you hire someone to manage your team and you could no longer do it? So that was two years ago at this point, and (laughs) that was Jay LaRae. And here was my thought process behind it. I think that when I had three, even four people, there was still that place where I could manage that to an extent. Uh, but when we had, we, when we started hiring more than that, 
it became a lot of small but really important questions over the course of the day. I use the example of like people just needing, you know, last pass sign-ins and stuff. That feels like a five-second task. When you have 50 of those a day, <laughs> it's no longer a five-second task, right? Yeah, and, let's yeah. let's double down on that, you guys. <laughs> let's double down on that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not just giving someone last pass access. It's a message to answer in Slack. It's giving the last pass access. It's following up to make sure that person has what they need. It's, it's the, oh, the client gave the wrong LastPass access and it doesn't work. And then emailing the client, it's a whole thing, right? Just, and that's just for LastPass. It's not even any client related questions. It's not the onboarding. It's not all of the other things. And so when I looked at what do I need to be spending my time on as the CEO of the Launch Guild, how can I best show up to be the visionary and grow our company? Me, you know, being in the background, giving people LastPass access and even onboarding clients didn't make any sense anymore. And it wasn't the um, task that I needed to be performing as a CEO anymore, which is why I hired Jayla Ray and she's amazing at all of that. <laughs> yeah, and Thank I do. You. It's not hard for me to remember what that was like two years ago. Because oh my gosh, it was a lot. Sasha was doing a, I mean, she was doing a great job. Like she had a general system that she handed over to me. She's like, here's like the basic framework of what I'm currently doing. How can we spice this up? How can we make this systematized and the same every single time? All of that. But that was a whole, yeah, that was a whole process Mm -hmm. in itself. And I tweaked the onboarding process even more this year. So it's just been a continual. Yeah. Things constantly grow and change in our company, which I think is totally normal. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Let's see. What was your process when planning to launch the Launch Guild? Were you confident in your success? So I think that there was sort of a process <laughs> in launching the Launch Guild, but it really happened over a weekend. I was... I As know. <laughs> everything does with Tasha, you guys. Everything. <laughs> I was at a mastermind retreat for a mastermind that I'm still currently in. And we were talking about, you know, growth and team and all of those things. And that was still when I was Tasha B Solutions. So that was, yeah, that was still when I was like Tasha B Solutions and, and still like working as a solopreneur with a team, if that makes sense. And then literally that weekend, I was like, it became crystal clear. I need to change the name to the Launch Guild. We need to set ourselves up as something that is not just mine, but is a company that I am the CEO of instead of being like, you know, a solopreneur or or something that orbits and revolves around me. Somebody used that the other day and I was like, that totally makes sense that the orbit can't be around me, that it needs to be around the company. um, And I'm just part of that orbit. And I really believed in, in our success. And I think because I already had evidence that it was working. Right. And so it was a matter of, okay, like if we could really refine the process and get the right people and really double down on what we're already doing, it's going to work. And I'm also a person that doesn't mind like trying something and then being like, oh, that didn't work. Let me just try something else. So I feel like, (laughs) yeah, no, that's definitely one of your strengths. Like if something doesn't work the first time around, you're not like, oh, let's give up and never do it. You're like, Mm -hmm. let's try it. These, this second or third or even fourth attempt to get this right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or let's like tweak this one thing and then try it again. Right. It's not a matter of like, who said it? Einstein said like, you know, insanity is like doing the same thing the same time over and over and over again, the same way. Like we don't want to do that, but at the same time, it's not 
oh, that didn't work. Let's throw it all away. It's, oh, that didn't work. Why didn't it work? Let's try this instead and let's do it again. Absolutely. Okay. This one is for you. Oh, wait, maybe it's for me. (laughs) Maybe it's for both of us. I don't know anymore. (laughs) I would love to know how you found Jay Luray. What was the interview process like and why did you hire her? Mm. Aww. I hired her because she has four, two, no, four wiener dogs. Two <laughs> wiener dogs. <laughs> four, four is the dream. I want a flock of dachshunds someday, but not right now. <laughs> not right now. Okay. No, I did not hire her. In part, I did hire her because of that. But that wasn't the reason that I initially, you know, decided on her. So the story is I was looking for an admin right-hand in chief and team lead um, that was supposed to start off very part-time, five hours a week. Ha, huh? <laughs> that, that happened once. And then it was like 15 hours a week, which was fine. Um, but I think I found you in a Facebook group, right? So yep. I put out a job up and with an application, found her in a Facebook group. I've told this story a couple of times, but I don't know that I've ever said it on the podcast. Jay LaRae going into the interview part was actually not my first choice. No, you, you've said <laughs> yeah. it because- yeah. The way you described it was like, oh, this is my person, but I'm still going to interview Jayla Ray just for yep. the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> and then when you did interview me, you were like, oh, no, this is my person. This is my person. <laughs> yes. And, and then, I was like, crystal clear, like, this is my person. Yes. Yeah. And the interview process uh, from my end, you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to know. <laughs> so I was a virtual assistant at a, at the time purely out of necessity, because something that Tasha and I have in common is that we are both military spouses and I needed to find more regular, consistent online work. And I was in the virtual assistant Facebook group that everyone and their mom is inside of. I'm not going to name it because everybody knows what it is. (laughs) And um, I saw Tasha's post and I was like, oh, admin work. This sounds so exciting. And something that's like so weird about me, maybe it's not weird, is that when I was in high school, I was like, it's just my dream to be somebody's secretary. Like I just, (laughs) I never knew that. And that's awesome. (laughs) It wasn't my only dream. I've had a lot of dreams. Mm -hmm. I've, I've definitely shuffled like between career choices and like all of that stuff. It was one of the things that I knew I would be really good at. I knew that if someone gave me like a pile of work to handle, I could sift through and do it. I knew if someone gave me their calendar, I would be like, ah, I got this. Mm -hmm. Like, let's, let's put in all the pieces. Um, And then the team manager part of the application, that part I was really nervous about. I was like, okay, this is going to be a little different. You're a leader. You've led before. It's a strength that you have, but not second guessing yourself all along the way is kind of a weak point for you. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. And my introduction to the team was essentially asking everybody what their emergency contact information was. <laughs> it was like my first interaction with these team members. <laughs> and they were like, huh, that's, that's an interesting way to go about building this relationship. <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember getting on that interview and I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, I really like her. Like, I feel like we really got along. And then immediately going into like second guessing mode, like, did you imagine it? Did you imagine it? And then I was like, no, you didn't imagine that. That was real. That was like a connection. That is like a great person. And like, you would be 
you would just be so amazing at that job. And secondly, she would be so cool to hang out with on a regular basis. Hang out. <laughs> we still do. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> last week we had a meeting that was scheduled for 30 minutes and two hours later we were like, oh, we should probably do something. <laughs> do something else rather than like just talk to each other on zoom all day. (laughs) Well, and it's always, it's always an oscillation between like personal things, business Mm -hmm. things that need to be handled, personal things, business things. And that's, I mean, that's just how we've always been from the beginning. So I love it. it Amazing. Okay. Moving on. We got a few more questions. This one is for, this one is for you. I know it's for you. <laughs> they said, Jayla Ray, after you started receiving business coaching, what are the top three things you learned about yourself and the top three things you discovered from your coach? She also goes on to say, I'm curious because I too am a feeler empath. And in one of the episodes, she mentioned that she can be a leader with these skills and it doesn't have to be a weakness. Mm. First of all, my heart is literally lit on fire right now, knowing that whoever this person is, whoever you are, thank you for writing in because you absolutely can do this too. And I think the top thing that I have been learning and will continually learn with my business coach is how to have Mm self-trust, how to trust yourself. And it absolutely goes into all of the, um, the feelings first and like the, (laughs) the empathy and everything, because all of that is hinged on other people and how you interact with other people. And if you don't get what you were expecting from other people, it can cause you to kind of go into a tailspin and to second guess everything. And to wonder, did I do this right? Did I do this you know, accurately? Did I do this in the way that felt supportive to this other person? Do I need to change the way I do this next time? It can go on and on and on. But the thing that it will always come back to is you have to trust that you did your best and you are amazing just as you are. And all of the feelings first, the feelings first movement, we're just going to start like feelings. <laughs> we're going to start, we're going to start a movement like the feelings first leadership movement. I don't know. They're assets. They're complete strengths. You just, you just have to trust yourself that you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I think the other two things that I discovered from coaching, this one's probably a little more awkward to bring up with Tasha on this podcast. <laughs> so now I'm gonna, really intrigued. I know. Yes. Now we're going to go there and we're going to do it. <laughs> I learned that in my coaching with my business coach, Sheila, uh, is that I have a hard time expressing feelings of opposition to Tasha. <laughs> and it's because of how I view conflict, which is something that I've been working on on myself for like this entire year. Because I, I view conflict as something that ends relationships and that is like, could end, could potentially end relationships. So anytime Tasha and I get into a situation where we have completely opposing ideologies and like on how we should go about handling something, sometimes I'm afraid to say anything because I'm, I'm like, Oh, she's the CEO. This is her thing. This is her business. But what my coach has continually reminded me is like, this is yours too you are director of operations of the launch guild. Like you have to own this and you have to step into a space of self-trust to know that if you bring this up with Tasha, she's not, 
nothing bad is going to happen. Nothing bad is going to happen. <laughs> like literally nothing bad is going to happen. And I think she said to me a few weeks ago, she was like, I know that if you talk to Tasha about this, all she's going to do is just have respect for you in that you brought it up with her. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll do it then. <laughs> <laughs> was that I'm not going to go into detail about what it was but was that the thing from last week that we talked about that we ended up talking about yes the thing I was like shaking like a leaf like hey do you have a few more minutes to talk, <laughs> I know and I to was talk about this thing and nothing bad happened right <laughs> nothing nothing bad happened in fact it was a wonderful conversation it was so that's a that's a whole other thing but those are, those are like the top two things that I've been working mm-hmm. with since, since I started the business coaching later on this, like, was that August or September? Now I don't even, I don't know. Time don't is know. a blur. Time is, what is time? What is time? <laughs> what is 20? Yeah. I think, so from, from a CEO perspective, I just believe that like any leader worth their salt knows that they don't know everything and knows and knows that they need to surround themselves with people who aren't just going to be yes people for them, but are going to challenge them and support them and show them like, and be the experts that they're supposed to be. Right. So I know that I am not an expert when it comes to even like when it comes to what our team needs at this point, because you're the one in the trenches with the team, like you and Lindsay are the ones in the trenches with the team. And so when it comes to what the team needs or who can do what, or who should be, you know, supporting which clients, I now have to lean on your expertise and know that you know better than I do. And that's okay. You know, and there are things in terms of like visibility and outreach and even like revenue and those sorts of things where you guys don't know because you're not doing that part and that's okay as well. Uh, But leadership isn't about, you know, not being able to have hard conversations or to take criticism uh, or to be told no, even it's about really leaning into what is best for your company or your team or whatever the case may be. Yes. The third thing I've been working on this year in terms of business coaching um, with my coach is the fact that one of my strengths is relationship building. So it's not just empathy and all of that, but it's also being able to extend all the branches in many different ways and build relationships with a lot of different kinds of people, our clients, our team members, and beyond. And she had me say on a call with her, which was very nerve wracking to say this. She was, she said, one of the only reasons why the Launch Guild saw as much success as it did this year is because of your relationship building skill. Mm-hmm. And you are absolutely in the right seat as the director of operations to do those things. And this is something that Tasha sees in you as well, whether she says it out loud or not, and or she even knows how to like articulate that, but you take relationship building very seriously. And it's one of the reasons why you've done so well. And I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and it's so totally true. It's so totally true. I, every once in a while, like I have a chuckle and I make fun of you a little bit in, in love, of course, when you're like looking for the perfect gift for like a team member's birthday. <laughs> and I remember Dia, for example, you messaged me and she, you were like, I don't know what to get Dia. And I was like, 
a gift card? <laughs> and yeah. you were like, um, no, she needs something that shows the depth and breadth of like how we feel about her and the fact that we appreciate her as a person and not just a team member. And I was like, or you could just get her a gift card. <laughs> but the fact that like you fully understand Dia and every other team member and that you go the extra mile to show them how much we care about them and love them and understand who they are as people is one of the reasons that you're amazing at your job. Thank you. Yeah. And sometimes people just need a gift card. You guys, it's not, I just difference. need a gift card. Cause I never know what I want until I'm ready to buy it. So uh, true. And <laughs> even those people that you've gotten gifts for in the past, like you just need to know it's just, yeah. it's an intuitive thing for me. <laughs> And if someone needs an actual gift versus a gift card, I'm going to know it just instinctually. I don't even have to try. It's just there hanging out in my heart space. (laughs) In your heart space. Oh, okay. We have one last question and this says for Tasha, but I think it's for both of us. When mistakes are made with clients, how do you navigate? Is there a process on how to handle the situation besides just fixing the thing that is broken? Yes. Um, so this, (laughs) this is definitely about not just fixing the thing, but finding the root cause of it. I always like to, I always key the team, the whole team in if there is something that has been escalated to me or I've been brought in on because there's been a mistake or an unhappy client or anything. One of the things that happened a couple times this year was that clients kind of jumped over everybody else when something happened and went directly to me. And I don't think that that's helpful for the situation because they're not learning to communicate with their primary point of contact, whether that be the project manager or VA or Jayla, right? Like there's, there's a process for it. And there's a reason for that process because the goal is always to enhance communication and to deepen that relationship, that primary relationship. And if that doesn't happen, it's never going to get, like, you're never going to fix it or get to the root cause or anything like that or strengthen it rather also. So when a client emails me, I, the first thing that I do is talk to Jayla Ray. Usually I get on Voxer with Jayla Ray and then I copy and paste that email into Slack for the team and say, Hey, I just want to let you guys know what's going on. Let's chat about it. What is ours to own? What is theirs to own? What could we have done better to not have this situation in the, in the beginning? I think that debriefing that way is really, really important. First of all, your team will trust you if you don't just blow up and say what the heck happened, but really ask them for their input because a lot of times there are behind the scenes things that have kind of happened um, and have been like boiling to this point. And if you don't know those things, or if your team hasn't told you about those things, then you may be jumping, you're probably jumping to a lot of conclusions. So we really want to start by, okay, what is ours to own in this and what happened what is our clients to own and how, you know, what can we do to not just fix this in this moment, but what process needs to be improved? Do we need to have a talk about how communication can be improved, those sorts of things so that we can move forward and either with this client not have the same issue, you know, going forward or with subsequent like relationships, client relationships not have the same issue. Yeah. So we actually have an unhappy client SOP now. I never showed it to you. <laughs> oh, I love it. I don't know half our SOPs anymore. I, I, know, I know. But it exists because um, it needed to be the same every time. It doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what the client is actually saying. It's that they were unhappy in some way and there was a problem. 
Tasha just like zoomed right over one portion of the process where she does box me. But what we're really doing is we are venting and we're getting all of the emotions out as quickly as possible so that we can get into action mode. And I also want the team to emulate that process as well, because I don't want them to be in action mode when they're like gathering facts or trying to figure out what's going on, or maybe it's something that they weren't even aware of. And they're just being told this now that there was this problem. It's different for each person. Like some people are going to feel a lot of shame in the situation. Some people are going to feel angry And there's probably two other like main categories of emotions that people immediately go into when something like this happens. So what I try to emulate with the team is like, it's okay to vent, it's okay to get all of that out, but then we've got to move forward. And this has to be done within like two hours. Cause Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) I've got to get back to this client. Like we can't just let this sit for 24 hours. It has to be handled immediately and like as soon as possible. So the venting and the releasing on the front end is just so, it's so helpful. Mm-hmm. It's so useful. And even if it feels sort of unproductive because it's not like, it's not an action necessarily. It's just a releasing of emotions. You've got to do it. <laughs> in order it's to about, get- yeah. It's about feeling your feelings before you can really like take action and take action that is supportive and helpful rather than drenched in frustration or whatever, anger, whatever other feelings were there before. Yeah. And that's how more mistakes are made Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) when you are in that space and in that emotion. So that's why it's so important to just try to release it in the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Thank you for having an SOP for it. (laughs) Well, it's not very in-depth. It's literally just a process map, but there it is. It exists. It exists. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Any other things that you think we should go over for our Q&A? Well, do people want to know what your day looks like? No, I don't know what my day looks like. Okay, I'll go. I'll do an overview. So Mondays are all internal day. Like it's an internal day for me. So Mondays are about creating content. I've got a big time block in there for like creating content, working through content. I try to do my my meeting with Jay Ray on Mondays to kind of like set our week in terms of what is the most important and what needs to happen. Uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays are coaching days. So those are all of my one-on-one coaching happens on Tuesdays and Thursdays. All of our group stuff for Booked and Balance and or Agency Thrive Mind happens on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And that was intentional that I knew that they were going to be really busy days in terms of coaching and I could keep my focus on and just know that I was going to be on Zoom, you know, basically all day. And then Wednesdays are kind of, they're kind of a catch-all day for me. They're kind of a catch-up Sometimes it's a matter of like, oh my gosh, Tuesday was crazy. I need to rest, for, you know, on Wednesday and do some some downtime things. Uh, and sometimes it's a matter of I just need to catch up with things. And then Fridays are another internal day that I am trying to be much better at, like not putting any meetings or anything like that on Fridays, and it being a day where I can just decide when it needs to be. So a lot of times recently, that's been more content and kind of getting in front of that or planning for something big. Like right now we're, we're planning for our launch manager certification. So yeah. So I meet with my learning designer, Emily, every Friday to work on that. Uh, or wait, no, I meet with her on Wednesdays. So I work, I work on the stuff that she and I worked on on Wednesdays on Friday. Guys, this is why she needs someone managing her calendar. This is why I have no idea. I'm like, 
just tell me where to go and when to show up and I'll be there. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I work on, like, I've been working on that sort of thing. We're revamping Booked and Balanced uh, for 2021. So doing a lot of that. So that's, that's kind of my week. But I also, I really enjoy working on weekends just because it's a time when Slack is usually not crazy. And so I don't have as many, like, inter- I don't want to say interruptions, but like, I know that I can just work on whatever I need to work on and there's not going to be team stuff or whatever, you know, dividing my attention. So yeah, that's how my week is. I love it. Yay, this has it. been fun. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for everybody who submitted questions. Yeah, we appreciate it. And it also just made me feel kind of special. And I like that. <laughs> you're am- you're always special and you know you're amazing. <laughs> okay, well, join us next week. We are going to be talking all about our 2021 planning and what our year looks like, what we're excited about, what we're changing, how we're growing, all the things. Yes! <laughs> Bye. That's it for this week's episode. Make sure you head on over to TashaBooth.com forward slash podcast to read the show notes and grab your free download so that you can start implementing what you've learned right away. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave a comment and subscribe. Remember to keep smashing your goals and pushing forward. You're doing a great job. Mm